Hey everybody, Mark Dawes here, and yesterday I put out a video about how often should refresher training be undertaken. And I've been asked a brilliant question actually, and that is, okay, how long should refresher training be? So if we establish that refresher training should be every year or whatever, how long should a, a refresher training session be? Now, I've spoke to the SIA about this, and if you look back through the video that I did yesterday, the one thing that keeps coming out is risk assessment. So your refresher training needs to be based on a risk assessment, and that raises a number of interesting questions. So I'm gonna to reply to the guy who asked the question, and by the way, thanks ever so much for asking the question. It's a brilliant question. And I've written down what I'm actually gonna to post to him, but I thought I'd read it to you, and then you can actually take this on board too, because it may be of help to you. And I've said here, hey Rick, None of the publications dictate how long a refresher should be in terms of hours or days. That would come down to the training needs analysis, risk assessment and lesson planning, which should take into consideration the degree of skill required, low level, high level, etc., and upskilling that needs to be added in, say for example, due to a change in legislation, information from instant reviews and staff feedback, etc. How different learning preferences will be addressed and the different methods of assessment. And having worked as an expert witness in this field now for some time, I tend to look at things from a worst case scenario and work backwards. And my thoughts would be, if someone was seriously injured or killed in a restraint incident and the organisation had to prove that the training their staff was given was based on a suitable and sufficient assessment of risk, how would they do it? This means that the risk assessment that underpins the training must take into account all the foreseeable variables, some of the things that I've just mentioned above. Now in one case I was involved with many years ago, an agency had to provide evidence that their staff were competent and had received the appropriate initial training and ongoing refresher training. They provided evidence that a number of staff had received eight hours of refresher training that included training in six subject areas. So every year this organisation would put their staff on a training course for one day and they cover six subject areas. The training started at 9.30 and ended at 1600 with a 30 minute break in the morning and a 30 minute break in the afternoon and an hour for lunch. So in four and a half hours of training, that's basically the training time that was left, the staff had received refresher training in six subject areas which equated to just 45 minutes per module. When asked how much time was set aside for formal assessment for each candidate, they couldn't provide any evidence. All they had was a policy that said staff should attend one day's training every 12 months. Well, you know, you can imagine the outcome of that particular case because there's no evidence that they can base their training refresher on. Now, some people have been in touch with me and told me that they're, they're expected to refresh people twice a year. Some people do it once a year. Some, some agencies actually refresh every three years, which I think is far too long for, for a physical restraint refresher because there's so much that changes uh, every year on this stuff. But it raises an important issue, and that is what skills and competencies should a trainer have to help their clients actually set out a refresher program. So when we're working with clients, we take in, into account variable considerations that we need to build in. And I think one qualification that all trainers should have should be a teaching qualification. So for example, the Education and Training Award is a great award because it teaches you how to lesson plan. Also, every trainer that's teaching PI should have a risk assessment qualification. Why? Because if they have to base their training on a suitable and sufficient assessment of risk, they need to understand how to do that and what that means. So they should put people through a risk assessment process and end up with a risk assessment qualification. Now, we do this and we encourage this. Now, we can't make people do it, obviously. You know, we're, we're, we're not the, the training police. But I would urge you, if you are a, a you know, when we're talking about restraints or a restraint trainer, 
You should also have, in addition to any qualification you have in the skill set, so you've got a restraint qualification, you should have a teaching qualification that enables you to lesson plan. And I would strongly, strongly advise you to get a risk assessment qualification that teaches you how to assess risk. Years ago, they never had this. 20, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have to consider this stuff. But more and more now, this is being asked in court. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Pretty short video for today on this subject. If you have any questions, please leave a question below. You know, leave a comment, leave a question. I'll get back to you as I've done with, with Rick, who, who put this question in. Thanks for that, Rick. And if you like what you hear, share it. You know, let other people um, have this information too. It's all free. Speak to you soon. Thank you.